I'm Mayor Fetter of Jones Day on behalf of American Needle. This antitrust case is about whether the teams of the NFL are free to restrict competition in ways that would be illegal for other businesses. The allegation in this case is that the NFL teams created a monopoly in hats and clothing bearing the logos of NFL teams by agreeing among themselves through a vote of the 32 NFL teams that instead of competing with each other in this area, they would set up a single exclusive licensee, Reebok, for all of their trademarks and logos. This monopoly strategy had the expected effect on consumers. Reebok raised the price for hats by 50%, and a Reebok vice president explained that the reason it was able to do this is because the price pressure of competition had been eliminated. If other businesses made this sort of agreement not to compete, it would likely violate Section 1 of the Sherman Antitrust Act, which protects consumers by outlawing agreements between separate businesses in restraint of trade. The NFL teams claim, however, and the Seventh Circuit agreed, that they aren't subject to this law because they supposedly are not separate businesses, but rather a single business, a so-called single entity, and a single business can't make an illegal agreement with itself. They make this argument despite the fact that the teams are separately owned businesses that make separate investments and have separate assets and separate profits and losses. If this argument were taken seriously, it would mean that the NFL teams would be essentially immune from antitrust liability no matter how anti-competitive their conduct was, even if they agreed, say, to fix ticket prices or fix coaches' salaries. Fortunately, the argument is wrong, and a little background will help to explain why. The antitrust laws draw a basic distinction between the unilateral conduct of a single actor and concerted conduct by a combination of businesses. Concerted conduct is much more of a threat to free competition. For example, it takes a group of, a group of businesses to fix prices. As a result, unilateral conduct is subject to very little antitrust scrutiny, while all concerted conduct can be challenged under Section 1 of the Sherman Act if it unreasonably restrains trade. Of course, the fact that something can be challenged under Section 1 doesn't mean, mean that it's illegal. It just means that it's subject to antitrust scrutiny for anti-competitive or anti-consumer effects. This background helps to explain why the 32 NFL teams can't be treated as a single business that's immune from Section 1 scrutiny. First of all, the NFL teams clearly are separate businesses as a factual matter. The teams, as I've said, are separately owned. They make separate investments and have separate profits and losses. They have separate assets, and in fact, each team owns its own trademarks and logos. These economic differences taken together are so great that the most valuable team, the Dallas Cowboys, is worth over $1.6 billion, which is more than twice as much as the least valuable team. These teams compete with each other not only on the field but off the field, particularly in overlapping geographic areas like New York, Baltimore, Washington, Houston, Dallas, and many other areas. The case law makes it equally clear that the teams are separate entities. For as long as there have been antitrust laws, the Supreme Court has held that all joint conduct of entities that are separately owned and controlled is subject to Section 1, and it's undisputed that the NFL teams are separately owned and controlled. But the teams argue, and the Seventh Circuit agreed, that the NFL teams can be analogized to a corporate parent and its wholly owned subsidiary which the Supreme Court held in the Copperweld case 
should be treated as a single business rather than separate businesses for purposes of Section 1. This argument, however, does not hold water. Copperweld itself repeated the rule that joint ventures are subject to Section 1. And Copperweld's holding was based on the fact that a parent and its wholly owned subsidiary have a single owner and therefore a single ultimate decision maker. The parent can simply order the subsidiary to do it at once. These entities simply aren't separate economic entities with separate economic interests. This reasoning has no application to the NFL, where each team does have its own separate economic interests and is perfectly capable of competing with the others, and where the league itself is not a single central authority, but rather is governed collectively by vote of the 32 teams. The teams also make another argument, that they should be treated as a single entity because having a sports league requires cooperation. In that, a single team, of course, cannot schedule games against itself. But they give no reason why a limited need to cooperate in scheduling football games should give them immunity to conspire in other things, like selling merchandise. And, in any event, the Supreme Court has already held many times that the fact that a joint venture requires cooperation to produce its product does not exempt it from Section 1. In fact, the court's decision in the NCAA case in 1984 is directly on point. The court there addressed the fact that having a sports league requires a certain amount of cooperation, and it made clear that leagues and their teams were, despite this, still subject to scrutiny under Section 1. Again, the fact that the NFL team's agreements are subject to Section 1 scrutiny doesn't mean that the agreements are unlawful but it does mean that when the teams make agreements that are anti-competitive, they, like any other businesses, do not get a free pass under the antitrust laws.